In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Well, so over the last 30 or 40 years, it's become common knowledge that unborn babies can hear quite well in the womb. Now, how exactly what they hear is interpreted, if they hear some frequencies better than others, what role it all plays in their development, that's all debated. But it seems there's little debate about the fact that at around 24 weeks, the unborn child will know his or her mother's voice, will know some other familiar voices, and perhaps might even be able to respond to music that the mother listens to on a regular basis. So the idea is that long before we see the world for what it is, we learn to hear the sounds of the world. And what we hear shapes what we see, right? And as we mature, what we have heard will shape how we see the world. So as Luke unfolds the gospel for us, he wants us to know that what we hear will shape what we see. Specifically, it's in listening to Christ that we begin to see the glory of just who Christ is. So at the beginning of Luke chapter 9, we're told a little story about King Herod. But King Herod gets curious about reports he was hearing about this man named Jesus. And in verse 9 of Luke 9, he says, John, I beheaded, but who is this about whom I hear such things? And then Luke goes on to say that Herod tried to see Jesus. We notice here that Herod hears about Jesus. He hears rumors and reports, and he makes some assumptions about who Jesus might be. And Herod tries to see him, but he fails. He never does see Jesus. He never sees who Jesus truly is. And he never sees Jesus because, well, he never really listened to Jesus. He never opened his heart to the words of the Lord. Well, this is a point of tension in all of the Gospels. Everyone wants to see Jesus. They want to touch him. They want to crowd around him. They want to be witnesses to his miracles. They have all heard so much about him. They've heard rumors. And many people in the Gospels think they know exactly who Jesus is based on what they think they know about the Messiah. But it seems to be the case in the Gospels that not everyone who wants to see Jesus actually sees him for who he truly is. Well, then who sees Jesus? If we go to the end of the Gospel of Luke to chapter 4, Luke gives us a clearer picture and a great story of who does see Jesus. So this is a post-Easter reading, and two travelers are returning from Jerusalem to Emmaus after the Passover in Jerusalem in which Jesus was crucified. Well, they had hoped that Jesus was the Messiah, but now they had assumed that their hopes were dashed because Jesus was crucified. But miraculously, Jesus begins to walk with these travelers, but they don't know who it is. They can't see Jesus for who he really is. They only see a stranger. Well, it's not until they begin to hear Jesus open up the scriptures to them that their hearts begin to open within them. And finally, when Jesus breaks bread with them, they see who it is they've been talking with the whole time. Right? They really only see Jesus after they have truly heard him and listened to him. That's until they've listened to what he said about the scriptures, about the cross. Right? Hearing, in this case, comes before seeing. And now at the transfiguration in the Gospel of Luke, we'll have the same relationship between hearing and seeing. 
Our reading this morning begins with verse 28, and it starts eight days after these sayings. So for Luke, there's a connection between the words Jesus spoke in the previous section, which we don't have, and what happens at the transfiguration. So in the previous verses, you'll need to know that Jesus says things to his disciples like, the Son of Man must undergo suffering and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Jesus tells his disciples, if anyone to become my follower, let them deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. And it's not clear that the disciples understood any of this, that they really listened to what Jesus was telling them. Because before chapter 9 is even over, the disciples will begin arguing about which of them is the greatest, which should have the most power. They don't understand. The disciples have a problem seeing just who exactly Jesus is because they haven't yet listened to his words. They have yet to inquire and to submit to his teaching that he is going to the cross to die. They know, they think they know that Jesus is likely the Messiah. They've seen his miracles, they've heard some of his wisdom. They know that Jesus is changing the world in some way. But there's an open question here about how well they really see Jesus. Because for Jesus, everything in his life, everything in his ministry, all of his teaching, all of his miracles, they all center around the cross. The disciples only see Jesus through their assumptions about what power is to be. What then do they do with Jesus who says he has come to die? And now, even more, in the story of the transfiguration, there are all kinds of questions about what's actually going on in the disciples' heads. Right, verse 32 tells us that the disciples nearly slept through the whole event. It reads as if Jesus began to shine gloriously, was transformed in glory, Moses and Elijah appeared in glory, and the disciples got sleepy and were about to fall asleep. What's interesting here is that Luke tells us what Moses and Elijah were talking to Jesus about. They were talking about his death to come in Jerusalem. And the disciples were ready to sleep right through it. They weren't fully awake. They were missing something about who Jesus was. And so Peter kind of stammers something about putting together some dwellings, not knowing what he said. Peter and the others here just aren't seeing the whole picture. It's hard to say what they thought was going on, but the event here does not seem to have transformed the disciples in the way you would think. They come down from the mountain and argue. When they get to Jerusalem, they will abandon Christ in his agony. It does not register to them that Christ who is shining here, Christ who is God from God, light from light, true God from true God, that he has come to die on the cross. Right? But in that moment of the transfiguration, God's voice comes to them in the cloud, and it tells them, this is my son, the chosen. Listen to him. Listen to him. That's the key. That's why they were yet to put it all together. That's why they were sleepy. That's why they were arguing. They were not yet listening to Christ. For Jesus, the Mount of Transfiguration is the beginning of the journey to Jerusalem, in which he will be crucified to bear the sins of the world. And there's no understanding Jesus without listening to him when he speaks about the cross. There's no seeing the glory of Christ without knowing that he has died for you. And that in following him, 
We are called to die to ourselves and be raised with him. Hearing of Jesus' love for you, hearing that he has died for you, hearing that he was raised in glory for you, that's the key to knowing who Jesus is. And not just hearing the words, but taking them to heart, truly hearing them. St. Paul tells us in the book of Romans that faith itself comes from hearing. We hear the words of the gospel before we begin to see how they are true for us and for the world. And so we listen. We listen to Christ. And it's only through his word that his image begins to become clear for us. So this week we'll begin the great time of the church year called Lent, right, which is meant to prepare us for Easter. It's a season meant to prepare us to begin to see Jesus, to begin to see him in his risen glory. And we prepare first by listening listening to all that he has to say to us. The disciples were not ready to see him on the Mount of Transfiguration because they had not yet taken his words about the cross to heart. If we don't take Jesus' words about the cross seriously, we will not be prepared to see him on Easter Sunday. The suffering of Maundy Thursday and Good Friday are not separable from the glory of Easter Sunday. They are all the means by which Christ has secured our salvation. If we skip the cross, the resurrection only becomes a sentimental occasion. And without the cross, the glory of Christ tells us nothing about God's love for us. Lent, then, is about recalibrating our ears to listen to what Christ is telling us. Lent is about training our ears to be attentive to the fact that Christ calls us to follow him to the cross. And so maybe during Lent, we commit to a midweek service, we commit to going to midweek services, we commit to giving up some pleasure, we commit to praying more, we commit to fasting some, we commit to giving to charity. But whatever it is, the focus has to be precisely this, which is to listen to Christ. It's about figuring out which voices to turn off, which to open our ears up to, and to do exactly what God is telling us to do. Right? Listen to him. Listen to God's son. Hear what he is saying to you. Hear what he says about his love for you. Hear what he wants to make of your life. Listen to him. That's what this coming Lent is all about. It's about listening to Christ and his words to you. And once you begin to listen to him, you will be prepared to see him in his true glory. Amen.